Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Not too long ago, I was sitting at a, next to a stream, and the stream was on a mountain, crystal clear water flowing down the mountain. And I went over, and I had a drink, and I lived. The stream water did not kill me. I did not get sick. I share this story because today we have our church picnic at 5 o'clock. We have a baptism that was planned at 5 o'clock at Veterans Park. Found out this week from our water department that West Hickman Creek received the grade F, which is the lowest possible grade you can get for water quality and also contains E. coli. And I actually, they warned me, it says, if you have any of your candidates getting baptized, if they had any cuts on them, which I actually have a cut right here, they, they would be at a high risk or any type of open wound of getting E. coli. They highly did not recommend anyone getting in our streams here in our city. That's what life is like in a city. Can't get baptized in a city. But if we lived, if this was a country church out in the mountains, you could go into those crystal clear waters and actually get baptized, but we are going to have to reschedule our baptism. We actually have clean water right here. We hope it's clean, but that's the water here that we have, and we will reschedule our creek baptism. Now, the, we're not having baptism today, but we are having a church picnic. I want to invite you and your family today at 5 o'clock to Veterans Park. We're going to have a wonderful time. Bring the dog, bring your mountain bike, bring your hiking shoes, uh, frisbee golf, the little disc golf game, um, wonderful time, uh, have barbecue, hamburgers, hot dogs, side items, you want to come out there, come hungry, 5 o'clock today, shelter for, many of you have asked where is Veterans Park, it's at 650 South Point Drive, there, it's, um, it's only about, about 10 minute drive from here, you will go at the very top shelter, that's where we were at. Steve Pratt is going to be our cook. He's going to be grilling out for us. I want to invite you and your family 5 o'clock today for our picnic. Open up your Bibles to the book of 2 Chronicles and the book of 2 Kings. Old Testament books. While you're opening up, you also want to pull out your bulletin. You want to be able to follow along here. We are concluding a sermon series on the life and the... And the good, as well as today, we're going to see somewhat the bad of King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah was so faithful all the way up to the end. And he came here to the end, and he made a mistake. and actually cost his country greatly. He found himself with somewhat of an arrogant, prideful attitude. So these two scriptures here we're going to turn to this morning... We're first going to look at the Second Chronicles passage. So we're going to be in Second Chronicles 32, and then we're going to flip over and look at Second Kings chapter 20. I went to Sanford University. Bobby Bowden, he, saw, he was a head coach there. He went to school there as well. He passed away this morning. He is the longtime retired coach at Florida State University. I love Bobby Bowden. I heard him speak several times. Uh, he passed away of pancreatic cancer after battling that, 91 years old. Bobby Bowden uh, coached FSU 
and was a godly Christian man, a Southern Baptist, just so, faith, so faithful to the Lord. But Bobby was one of these guys that a lot of coaches aren't like Bobby anymore. He uh, led his team in prayer. He prayed over them. But not only that, he, um, I don't want to call him a hothead, but he was, if you knew Bobby, and he spoke about this, that he was quick to his mouth, and he kind of shared what he thought, and sometimes people who are quick to the tongue might say or do some things they can regret. And there Florida State, there in Tallahassee, he would not allow his players to cuss. You're on the football field and you're getting beat up. It's easy for a word or two to slip, and he didn't allow that. He didn't tolerate it. But Bobby was one of these guys that if you said cuss words out on the field, and I heard him tell the story, that you had to take a lap around the track. So you'd be out there, and the assistant coaches had to enforce the policy too. All of a sudden, a player has to start taking a lap because they said something they weren't supposed to. They used some language that was wrong. But even old Bobby, a word would slip from his lips because... He was something else out there. He'd get frustrated with his players, and you'd see the head coach. You'd look over there, and he's running a lap around the track as well. Then he says, oh, he would do this. And I've heard him share, I would hear him tell that story. And I, I remember that story because that's important because he did not hold his players to a standard that he himself would not hold to as well. And that is an example of what we would call someone who would maybe be um, a Pharisee, uh, a double-tongued, they say one thing, but they do something else. You're going to tell someone else not to cuss, you don't need to cuss as well. Or if you do cuss, you need to take that lap, which he, he would do as his punishment. Here in the book of Second Chronicles, King Hezekiah, he made a mistake. He is towards the end of his life and his ministry. Remember last Sunday, God gave him a 15-year extension of his life. He got sick. Isaiah, the prophet, told him he was going to die. He prayed to the, law, to the Lord. He looked at the wall, and the Lord healed him. And God says, because you have been faithful, Hezekiah's life was a life of faithfulness. But he made a mistake here in his later, later days. And that mistake is he allowed pride. He allowed the double standard to creep into his life. And it cost him. It cost his country. And we're going to read this passage here, and then I want to share about it. But our goal from this message, I want you to picture this. You've lived your life, and God has you at the end of your life. And maybe you have nothing, no possessions. You can genuinely state at the end of your life, says, Lord, here I stand. God, I stand before you, and I have actually absolutely nothing. But I am rich. Even though I do not have material possessions, I have no money, no things of this world. Lord, I have you. Our richness, our wealth, our greatest possession is Jesus. He is the one that we receive our blessing from. Everything we have comes from the Lord. And there's a, there's a subtle danger in the Christian life. What happens is someone gets saved. They get baptized. They start growing as a Christian. And they're excited about their faith. 
They're attending Sunday school. They're inviting their friends to church. They're witnessing to their lost friends. They're sharing the gospel at work and at school. And then all of a sudden, just time goes on, and those practices they of reading the Bible, maybe memorizing Scripture that they did when they were a younger Christian, when they were more new in their newfound faith in Christ, for whatever reason, or all sorts of variety of reasons, they're no longer doing that. They're no longer available to the Lord. They're not up here teaching Sunday school. They used to teach Sunday school, but they didn't used to teach Sunday school. And they begin to fade away spiritually. I once heard a pastor in the United Arab Emirates share a story about what happens to church members there. The UAE has more skyscrapers than any other place on earth. In fact, in one of their skyscrapers, one of their huge buildings there, like 80% of the cranes are actually in the world are located in the United Arab Emirates because all they do is build skyscrapers, like the Tower of Babel. One of their buildings there, you can actually go snow skiing. It's the middle of the desert, but you can actually, in the morning, go swimming in the Persian Gulf and then come inside, clean up, and put your snowsuit on and go take a ski lift to the top and, and ski on, on snow, man-made snow, down inside the skyscraper. It's, it's a place of tremendous wealth because of oil. And when the pastor says... Uh, uh, all, that's in many ways, UAE is the capital, Dubai is the capital there of, of the Middle East. A great wealth. And people come to their church, they get saved, or they come from out of town, they come there to work, and they're excited. And then after a couple of three years, literally the pastor can tell someone who's very new to Dubai, to someone who's been there for three or four years, because the culture has sucked, the, the possessions, the materialism has sucked them in. Folks, that's what happened here to Hezekiah. He starts accumulating wealth, things, possessions. His treasury is built up and his heart becomes proud. This is a subtle danger that can happen to you. You want to be able to stand and say, Lord, I have nothing, but I am rich because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our goal today. That's how we want to end our life. That's spiritually how the Lord wants to lead you. Look at this Bible verse here. Follow along here. Second Chronicles 32, 27. Hezekiah had abundant riches and glory, and he made himself treasuries for silver, gold, precious stones, spices, shields, and every desirable item. So he kept building up these treasuries, kept getting bigger and bigger, compounding wealth. He made warehouses for the harvest of grain, new wine and fresh oil, and stalls for all kinds of cattle and pens for flocks. He made cities for himself, and he acquired vast numbers of flocks and herds. For God gave him abundant possessions. Look who gave him those possessions. 
It was the Lord. The Lord gives us our possessions. This same Hezekiah blocked the upper outlet of the water from Gahan Spring and channeled it smoothly downward and westward to the city of David, meaning he improved, listen to this, the water supply system for Jerusalem. They came under siege from Assyria, but they didn't have the West Hickman Creek there in Jerusalem. They had nice, clean water. I guess they could baptize folks there. Hezekiah could, and he, a nice Gahan spring was fixed up for them. Hezekiah succeeded in everything he did. God was with this king. God blessed this king. The Lord's hand was upon him. Now look at this. There's his downfall. And we're going to see this more explained in 2 Kings. But this one verse here says, When the ambassadors of Babylon's rulers were sent to him to acquire about the miraculous sign that happened in this land. The miraculous sign they're talking about is two different things. One is his healing. God healed the king. Secondly, the miraculous sign is Judah was not very wealthy and all of a sudden God has blessed them and they have a massive treasury, a wonderful army. God had blessed this nation of Judah. So there was this other country called Babylon about 1,500 miles away and they sent some ambassadors to come meet King Hezekiah. And that's dangerous. The ambassadors wanted, brought international fame. All of a sudden, when people from faraway lands start hearing about you, your reputation is now known outside of your little city. And they want to learn more. It says here in verse 31, this miraculous sign and what had happened in the land, look at this, God left him to test him. There's a test that came to King Hezekiah, and this same test comes to you. And this is the test of possessions and wealth and the test of what we would call pride. Now, we know there's many things we need to be proud about. We're proud to be an American. We're proud to have a wonderful church such as Broadway Baptist come here every Sunday and worship the Lord. We're proud to be able to go to the park. We have a great park system here in our wonderful city have church picnics, great fellowship. We're proud to have these Sunday school teachers that so faithfully each week teach God's Word. These are good things to be proud about. But there's a pride also of when you start to steal and you start to claim the credit for what God has blessed you with. Hezekiah fails this test. Because it was the Lord, if you remember, it says the Lord blessed this man. God blessed Hezekiah because of his faithfulness. In his early days, remember, he got rid of all the idol worship that was going on. He went and cleaned house. He struck down the Ashtorah poles and destroyed the high places that were plaguing the people and causing idolatry. And God honored that faithfulness. But now, he's an older man and it says, God left him to test him and discover what was in his heart. So let's find out now what was in Hezekiah's heart. Move over in your Bible to your left to 2 Kings chapter 20. Here is the test. Here is 
the longer example of Hezekiah's folly. Here's his sin. Hezekiah is flattered by the attention from Babylon. These ambassadors come to him. All of a sudden, the news reporters hear about his greatness, and they want to do a story about it. Pride means conceit, arrogance, or superiority. All of a sudden, it's internal, indwelling sin. A lot of people do not know you're prideful, but the Lord knows. Pride is dangerous, and we're going to see some of the signs here of pride. While you turn there, I want to share with the Bible. So you're turning your Bible, 2 Kings 20. But do you know 1 Corinthians 8.1 tells us that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Knowledge, knowing the downfall of knowledge is when you acquire a great sense of knowledge and even just living your life a long time, you've got that life experience. The problem with that is you begin to rely upon yourself. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Then the Lord. Proverbs 16, 18 tells us, Pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. Pride becomes before a fall. You become a prideful man, a prideful woman. You feel you know everything. And that's the beginning of your fall. And that's what happened here with Hezekiah. And not just him, it affected. Prideful people impact others. Hezekiah, his city fell because of his pride. 2 Kings 20, verse 12. At that time, Merodach, Baladon, son of Balan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah since he heard that he had been sick. That's from the healing. Hezekiah listened to the letters and showed the envoys his whole treasury house, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the precious oil, and his armory. Guys, this is like someone comes to your house and you pull out your bank statement and you start showing them how much money you have. Then you walk in the garage and you open up the gun safe. And you say, can't buy ammo anywhere else, but look what I've got. And you're just showing off all of this stuff. And they just, they just wanted to stop by and say hello. They just wanted to, you just wanted to, hey, just wanted to meet the neighbors. I didn't want, I did not want to see how much money you had and your, in your armory downstairs in the garage. That is what the man just did. He's bragging about his wealth and about his military. Folks, look what I've got. Look at, look at this gold. It was a mistake. There was nothing in his palace and in all of his reign that Hezekiah did not show them. Meaning, he didn't hold back. Literally, he showed truly all of his cards. There was no bluffing. Nothing left to the imagination. These strangers from Babylon truly saw it all. Then the prophet Isaiah, anytime prophet shows up, it's always some bad news. Prophet Isaiah here comes back. Last time he came, remember he was going to die. Hezekiah prayed, and then he was healed. So now Isaiah walks in the room. He came to King Hezekiah and asked him, where did these men come from? And what did they say to you? Like, who, who are these folks? What did they say to you? 
Isaiah, or Hezekiah replied, they came from a distant country, someplace called, ba- called Babylon. Have you ever heard of it? Isaiah asked, what have they seen in your palace, Mr. King? Hezekiah answered, they've seen everything in my palace. There isn't anything in my treasuries I didn't show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Look, the days are coming when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up until today, look at this, will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left back. Just like you didn't hold anything back, they won't even leave anything for you. It's all headed over that country, 1,500 miles away. Nothing will be left back. Some of your descendants who come from you, whom you father will be taken away. Me, your children are going over there too. And they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. This is a prophecy saying those folks that you just showed off your possessions to, they're going to come steal it. Destroy this place, and they're going to haul off everything, including your family. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought, why not? This is arrogance, this statement he made. If there will be peace and security during my lifetime. Isaiah told Hezekiah that God would not allow this to happen in Hezekiah's lifetime because he was faithful to the Lord. But after Hezekiah passed away, Babylon would come and still and destroy and take all those possessions. And Jerusalem and Judah will be destroyed by the Babylonians. They will find themselves in exile. His children will be serving that king. Hezekiah committed the sin of pride. He was so faithful. He started good, and he faded at the end. And that's a warning for us in our spiritual lives. Have you faded spiritually? Have you found yourself, and maybe COVID had a big part of this, that you are no longer as faithful as you once were in your life? If there was a time in your life, in your past, that you were closer to the Lord than today, you have backslidden. You have gone backwards spiritually. And that's what happened here to Hezekiah. I have up on the sign. There's some signs of pride because we hear about this. We hear sermons and hear messages on pride. And you think, well, I don't suffer from pride because I don't have anything. Pride's an indwelling sin. Here are some signs of pride. I listed five of them. This is all internal sins that you can find yourself doing, but other people wouldn't see it. Number one, fault finding. This is when you go around and you pick out things wrong with other people. And you can easily do this all the time. Anywhere you go, you can find problems with other people or things or places. You can just go throughout your life and just find fault in everything you do. Or other people do. Of course, not you. But other fault findings when other people are the problem. There's a problem with fault finders because they're right. The other person's wrong. Folks, that's pride. Now, some things are wrong. 
there is fault with some things. But if, this, if you are a fault finder and you go around nitpicking, that is a, a, a spirit that the Lord does not want in your life. That's a prideful spirit you need to repent of. Number two, a harsh spirit. Harsh spirit is just, you talk rude or negative or down to folks. There's no kindness or encouragement in your words. You're always trying to teach other people, put them down, let them know where their mistakes are. And it's not with kindness and love. No one wants to be around people who have a harsh spirit. That's a sign of pride. Number three, hunger for attention. I mean, this is social media right here. You're broadcasting your life to everyone. You want folks to know what you own, what you do, what you're up to. It's a commercial. You're craving that attention. Again, an indwelling sin. Number four is defensiveness. If someone tries to maybe correct you and you, you're in wrong, you've done something wrong, you've sinned against another brother, and you need to repent. Instead of saying, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have said that, you're right. Isaiah, I should not have opened up the temple treasury and showed off what I own. Defensiveness, you start giving your reasons and your excuses. God is saying that's a prideful heart. Defensive people that want to argue about everything are prideful and arrogant. And then number five, this is so important today because it's a, it's, it combats self-centeredness. But it's the neglecting of others. Neglecting of others means we're constantly viewing things through what's in it for me, how does this relate to me? An other-centered life combats against pridefulness. You see someone else and you help them with their needs. You help give them the attention. How do you overcome pride? You change your character. Hezekiah's character had changed. Remember, his beginning days, the Bible said he was faithful to the Lord. That's why God healed him. But all of a sudden now, he's getting some outside attention. He's, he likes the attention. Some place called Babylon came to Nebuchadnezzar. They want to check him out. How do you change your character? I want to tell you this. Two things change your character to combat pride. Gratitude. Gratitude is a thankful spirit. You say thank you. When someone does something for you, you show appreciation. A spirit of gratitude directly combats a prideful attitude. Gratitude is something that you have to cultivate in your heart because it goes against that I deserve this, I'm entitled to this, to the thinking of I'm so thankful and appreciative that I get the opportunity this morning to worship with all of you. It's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. We're honored to live in this wonderful country that we can freely come and worship the Lord. Everyone in this world cannot save that. We come here and it's a nice air-conditioned church. And we can read God's Word, not worrying about going to jail or receiving persecution. 
That's a, right there. That's something to be grateful for. Number two, this helps, is servanthood. You begin to serve other people. You look for needs in other people, and you help them. Do you know, when you help other people become successful, when you help them meet whatever they need help with, God blesses you. You do it. That's why Jesus says, whenever you give a cup of cold water to someone who's thirsty or in need, the Lord doesn't miss that. He takes notice. God notices the little things. No one else will see it. Jesus says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Meaning your life should be of one of constantly behind the scenes helping other people. No credit, no glory, only God knows. That is a servant. You start doing this, you start having an attitude of how can I serve others? How can I bless someone else? That starts changing internal pride in your heart because you're not thinking about yourself you know confession of pride when you confess this sin that begins the end of it a lot of folks prideful people don't even realize they're prideful and remember in beauty and the beast gaston he didn't even realize that bell might not be interested in him he was the greatest man in all of france and bell should just naturally marry him why would you not marry Gaston? He was totally blinded. Pride blinds you. Prideful people do not realize they're arrogant, proud, and blinded by their sin. And God is speaking to us this morning through the words of Hezekiah here. Isaiah had to come in and say, buddy, you made a mistake. God is the one that built your treasury. The Lord is the one who blesses me. Can you stand before the Lord and say, Lord, even though I have nothing, even though I stand before you with the accl no acclimates from the world, but Lord, I am rich because I have you. That is richness. That is the blessing of of the Lord. We conclude here with Hezekiah's life. Hezekiah, he was someone that I think we need to study because we see somebody who was so faithful at the beginning and then he faded at the end. And, and, and he, remember, God healed him because of his faithfulness. But he had a folly. He ended disappointingly. And his children, his city, Jerusalem, paid the price for his sin. And for us, we need to make sure that we finish faithful to God. I think about Coach Bobby Bowden, who passed away this morning. He was faithful to the Lord all the way up. And if you remember in football, for our college football fans, which I'm one of, those last couple of years of his life coaching, about 2007, 2008, 2009, he was struggling there at the end. He was in his 80s, early 80s, and uh, FSU, they went like 8-5, and five, and they're ready to fire him. I mean, they won a national championship every year. That's what they were expecting from him. So 
Yes, he somewhat faded there at the end. Football changed somewhat from the way he was doing it. But he remained faithful to God. In our career, we might fade. But what's most important, spiritually, you have a wholehearted devotion to God all the way up to the point that you meet him. We're about to have our invitation. Do you know the Lord? Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life. Maybe, like Hezekiah, you haven't faded because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. In order to fade, you have to be rooted in a walk with Jesus Christ. His plan for you is for you to get saved. You are to be faithful, a life of faithfulness, all the way to the end. And God is calling you this morning to give your life to Him. God's also speaking to you, maybe like Hezekiah. You have started to fade spiritually. You've allowed pride to creep up into your life. And you need to repent of that. So whether you need to get saved, or you need to make a recommitment to confess this sin, this indwelling sin, God is speaking to you this morning. Jesus is calling you to the cross. He's saying, make me your Lord and Savior. Trust in me. And he is faithful all the days of our life. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. We're going to have our invitation. This is your opportunity to respond to Christ. I'll be standing down front along with Brother Hurt. We're going to stand and sing. This is your time. You can join our church. You can come take my hand and pray. Rededicate your life or make... Jesus, the Lord of your life. David's going to lead us in a song. We'll be down front waiting for you to respond to the gospel. Have you been to the cross where the Lord Jesus suffered? Have you been 